Hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and with me as always is my dear friend Sarah here to discuss all the events that have happened in women's cycling and also to go around the world in 80 cyclists or something like that. <laughs> How's it going Sarah? It's amazing. We finished the European season, Dan. I, know, I mean, I know there are races that are post-Worlds, but we finished, it's all intents and purposes, we finished the European season. I know. It's kind of, it's, 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 I don't know, it's weird, because I know we say this every year, but it just feels like it's gone so fast and over so early. Yeah, and you can, um, you can, you can watch all the riders, riders who are in Richmond, Virginia, um, Twitter for exciting American adventures, which is quite fun. I do quite enjoy watching exciting American adventures, <laughs> especially from the safe remove of the British Isles, uh, which is your favourite place to watch American adventures <laughs> from, isn't it? So. <laughs> Well, come on, you you did for quite a while there think Minnesota was part of Canada, so you know it's 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 not like you don't have form here. I'm not sure exciting American adventures happened in Minnesota, Daniel. Oh, 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 oh! Brutal, brutal! I can't believe you said that. I mean, Minnesota is an awesome state, home to ranches and big sky country and cattle and. <laughs> Minneapolis, St. Paul, and, <laughs> you, and see, Governor Governor Jesse Ventura, or former governor, former wrestler. <laughs> you know, like like it's just it's it's magical country. It's it's yeah. it, it, the, the the most negative thing anyone could say about Minnesota is that it secretly wishes it was Idaho. But that's it. That's all they can say about it. So. Hmm. Well, it wants to be its own private Idaho. <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. I knew it. I knew it. And probably, yes. I mean, who, Anyway, what? shall we get back to the cycling? <laughs> Getting back oh, to I the replies we ever got there in the first place. So. Lisa Lettecroix, when she was on home, she, went, she did her final year of high school in uh, Minnesota and was very kind um, from Belgium and everyone told her that her cycling career would be over but because you know she was leaving leaving um, leaving Belgium to go to America for a year right. to study and she had to she learned about Minnesotan winters where she had to train inside on the um trailer uh, trainer and but she um but she hooked up with a team with Bella Bella Velo and it basically kick-started her cycling career and gave her really good opportunities so you know well, I mean, you know, 12 feet of snow every two days in the middle of winter probably does enhance your enthusiasm for the trainer somewhat. Did I tell you Lisa Lottecroix combines being a professional cyclist with doing a uh, PhD? She's actually <laughs> doing sports, cyclist and exercise. You say that as if it's somehow special or different in the women's peloton, but, I mean, basically it's reasonably safe to assume that, like, I don't know what, like 30% of the women's peloton at any given point in time are working on a PhD. Like, <laughs> That's not true. And, and another 45% have a PhD, something like that. It's, it's ridiculous. The, 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 the you know, um, credentials per capita of the women's peloton outstrips even Mensa. It's, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, but you know what they say about Mensa? It's full of men. <laughs> No. Anyway, cycling, Daniel. Cycling. I know you're on holiday. Dan's on holiday. He's drinking rum and he's been doing manly things today. So. Well, I do manly things every day. I mean, you know. Okay. 
even more manly things than normal. I went to a hardware store. I don't really think it's that overblown. Women are allowed to go to hardware stores too. No, no, but you're pro- planning a project. At least in Australia. Okay. So. Okay, yes, women are allowed to go to hardware stores and I have been in them. Um, so cycling, Daniel, cycling. I'm trying to talk about cycling. There's been well, so many races. I'm not trying to stop you. You're the one who keeps changing the subject. I loved We start with, I'm going to do this chronologically. We started with a lot of Bella Belgium tour and I loved it. There's, I mean, it, it really helps to love a race when there's tons of social media and video and stuff like that. And, and also... You've got to admit that's a that's a huge refreshing um, contrast to the last couple of French stage races that we've had to sort of um, I, kind of like doing a, a, a jigsaw puzzle in the dark with a blindfold on where all the pieces are black. It, it's <laughs> it's been very hard to piece some of those together. And it's a real shame. It's a real shame because everyone says Tour de Lardèche is one of the hardest stage races yeah. and one of those beautiful stage races and blah blah blah. And you're like, great. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you can see it from like, your bike. Cool story, sister. That's awesome. <laughs> I just I wish I could see a picture. Just anything. But anyway, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, Lower Belgium, and what what's the what's the haps? What's the going on? Well, the haps is it finishes on a stage with a Moor Gerardsbergen, all oh, and all those kind of amazing Flandrian hills around the Moor, which you know on cobbles. Which I think actually, if you're going to finish off the season that way, you may as well finish as it starts with cobbles and exactly. it's a hills and little... Moor and oh. <laughs> It's a great little bookend, isn't it? So. Yeah, and it's, it's it kind of starts with two um, flat stages, but in you know pure beautiful women's cycling style, you can't have a flat stage so without breakaway attacks. So the first one was won by um, was won by Natalie Van Gogh of uh, Park Hotel Valkenburg, um, which congratulations Natalie and. Um, in a three rider breakaway with Anna Plikta and set from Poland and Cecilie Gotash Jonsson of high tech products yep, yep. and Lauren Kitchen coming in 10 seconds later to bring up the bunch. Oh, wow. And um, yeah, I knew it like that. Yeah. Stage two was also flat but loopy. <laughs> and, <laughs> I, I just like that that works on both levels. I know. I, I, I'm proud of that. I and, normally don't go for puns, but I actually pay that one. It's yeah. Yeah, and while they're breakaways, it ended up in a bunch of sprints. It was one by Amelie Diederichsen, the two times junior world champion, her first uh, UCI stage win. Congratulations, wow. Amelie. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was lovely. She's riding for the Danish national team uh, with Amy Peters second and Emma Johansson third. Now, as we said before, quite a lot of these riders are riding for national teams because yeah. they're trade teams have started flying out to, uh, <laughs> started, to Richmond. Started going to Richmond or, or just, you know, slowly packing up for the end of the season. Yeah, so you had high-tech products riding as a team, but, you know, if you hear, like, Anna van der Breggen, she's riding for Netherlands. Um, Elena Cicchini, oh, Elena Cicchini was riding for Lotto Bellasol, um, you know, but basically, yeah, you'd have Kasia Neurodoma riding for Poland, Emma Johansson riding for Sweden, Amy Peters riding for the Netherlands, etc., etc. And, yeah, and next stage was, was, ro- was rolling hilly, not like the hard hills and it was beautiful because you end up with this fantastic breakaways and attacking and breakaways and attacking and even better which is possibly my very favorite way of finishing a race except they all are you know they all are <laughs> um, 
you ended up with a group of nine and out of that group of nine um so uh you which had emmy johansson emily diederickson eleanor cicchini cashini doma anna van der bregen amy peters tatiana gudert so you end up with flirty mckay doing her trademark flirty mckay move of attacking out of the breakaway at the end and winning solo nice nice and I'm like, I love this race. It's full of young riders kind of, you know, <laughs> succeeding in, well, I mean, Natalie Van Gogh isn't, but yeah, it, you know, it's just like lovely. Yay, Fleurcher. I love it when she wins. It just makes me happy because she was such a good junior and it's nice to follow juniors through the sports. But um, Emmy Johansson bringing up that group in second with Amelie Diederichsen right on her wheel. Yep. Um, so the final stage... Oh, Bergen. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, climbing. All the photos are beautiful. And you have to go and check out, dear listener, you have to go and check out velofocus.com because this was Sean's last women's race of the year. Yeah. Right. So you have to, if you don't do anything else, go and look at it. But yeah, um, climbing, climbing, madness, climbing, breakaway groups. Oh, my God. Um, group of around six, um, but then getting shed, um, four of whom came to the finish line together, um, Anna van der Breggen winning, ahead of Amelie Diederichsen, Kashi Nuodoma third, and Emma Johansson in fourth, um, Eleanor, Eleanor Cicchini fifth, um, five seconds behind them. Yep. But while Emma Johansson couldn't get on the podium, she won the race. Ah, right, right. So managed her, managed the overall quite nicely then, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was that was nice. That was mm. a good. That's a good race. And also, um, for you know, I mean, it's she she won Turlingen Rundfahrt and Fart, and she and that you know that's 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 her two that's her two stage race wins this year. Yeah, which, yeah. You know, congratulations, Emma. So, yeah. Oh, beautiful racing. I love it. I love. I love it. I love. 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 Love those Belgian races. And and it was such a fun. Like I say, it's such a fun tour and so easy to follow. And you know, full of fun races. And Amelie Diedrichsen came second in GC, which was nice. Yeah, that's very very well done. With Anna van der Breggen third. Um. Yeah. Elena Cicchini fourth. Kasia fifth. So yeah, really nice and and nice because uh. Amelie had, you know, obviously been up there all the way through and she's been a domestique this year. Um, and so, you know, she's been riding for Bowles Dolmans. So yep. it's nice to, I mean, this is one of the things where I quite like it when they ride in their national teams and they get their chances to go for glory. But yeah. Fun. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Fun. Cool. cool. So um, what, what, what was next on the week? Oh well, I just want to say there's tons and tons of videos to look out for um, from from there that are really good uh, because the race brought in the motor media team, Dan's alternative home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dan's secret wishes it was his secret double life. Well, yeah, except I don't think I don't think my motorbike would fit in with their their you know their gear, but that's all right. That's um. Yeah. You could ride you could ride a different motorbike if it was. I mean, imagine riding your motorbike up your Radsbergen and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of like when I rode it across a university campus yesterday to get to a computer store to pick up a free, uh, well, not free, cheap hard drive. And everyone looked at me and I was like, yeah, that's right. I'm riding my motorbike across the square because I'm too lazy to go round. Mm. I'm waiting for the fine in the mail. It's guaranteed to come. So. Okay. Mm. Well, I um, I hope that you, uh, yeah, you probably deserve it to be honest. <laughs> um, I, I totally deserve it. I totally deserve it. But that's my point, you know. Riding motorbikes where you know they don't normally go is kind of kind of one of my things. 
And also, I mean, I, I mean, I guess, of course, you might not be a good enough motorbikist to keep up with <laughs> Peloton. Well, I'll be the first to admit that I tend to take it easy on the descents. That's that's very true. I, <laughs> I genuinely do not have any desire to go over the edge. So yeah, yeah. So maybe maybe you wouldn't be allowed to come in. Maybe your skills would be lacking. Yeah, yeah. I I see. I see your very very nice attempts at trolling and. <laughs> just really give zero shits it's just not working i'm sorry I'm oh he's so mellow he's mellow and relaxed because he's on holiday it's yeah awesome. yeah you're gonna have to you're gonna have to find some other way to rile me up or or whatever oh i'm sure i can so. do that yeah. this is like well you know the madrid challenge website ah! yeah yeah okay fair enough that that well i mean honestly can you even call it a website like when it's one page with literally no fucking information on it, like just a picture of the course, um, like like can is that is that really a website? I mean, that barely qualifies as a Tumblr post. My favourite thing about it is that it went up less than twenty four hours before the race started. <laughs> well, clearly, clearly the ASO listened to the podcast. You know, big fans, long time listeners. Hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Giro Toscana. That I mean, Giro Toscana. <laughs> Do we have to? Like, oh well. Okay, let me let me let me let me start with um, questions in order of importance. Did anyone die? No one died. Was anyone horrifically injured? Not that I know of. It's pretty hard to find out any information about it, to be honest, because even teams who were there aren't putting up race reports. Yeah. Yeah. So, Which I don't, and there's only two big teams went. Now I was very surprised that one of the two big teams went to, that went to Toscana was um, Orica AIA. Um, oh no, Valentina Scandalaro was riding for Top Girls. Okay, that makes more sense. Okay, yeah, yeah. so basically none of the big teams except for Bigler decided to go, and the reason they didn't go was in 2013. Basically, well, basically for years and years this was a shit show race with hmm. cars in the road, and um, in 2011 and 2012 they neutralized the peloton neutralized the final stage so that they couldn't um, because they were just like bored of getting cars in the road and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And on 2013, when they complained about cars in the road, um, they were told, "Oh yeah, we know it is a problem." And nothing happened. So the peloton um, refused to ride the final stage. It's essentially the least helpful answer you can get, isn't it? You know, um, hey guys, the the oncoming traffic that nearly kills us on a daily basis is kind of an issue. Yeah, yeah, it is. Just I think Martin Martin Barris's Martin Barris's reports in the Oracle website were such a thing of beauty. They were just like because he had a he was very very not happy about it, and he said, um, "Yeah, when I spoke to the uh, commissaries about oncoming traffic in the road, they went, yeah, yeah, we know it's a problem,' and I didn't really have anything I could say to that." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well i mean i understand i understand especially in the heat of the moment that may that may cause a certain amount of flabbergastery or flabbergastment or whatever the appropriate flabbergastness is um but let me help you out mark next time that comes up should that ever come up again maybe follow up with the next thing with are you gonna fucking do something about it then i it's Marv. Yeah. I am pretty sure he did that. Yeah. But um, yeah. Anyway, so um, blah blah blah. And when the riders complained, they got shouted at. And when riders decided, okay, look, well, we can't ride this. They're like literally saying people were scared to go around corners because the thing about riding on a bike race is you're riding on both sides of the road, aren't you? 
Yeah, well, I mean, like like anyone who follows any any sort of road sport, you make maximum use of the full width of the the available surface, so that you're you know hitting the apex of the corners and and riding as efficiently as you can through the terrain. So. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So blah blah blah. It was terrible. And then the then the race organizers tried to sue the Italians. Didn't work. Hurrah! Um, I got told off on Twitter for 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 being mean about this race because it was unfair to the riders who <laughs> races. Right? And I kind of think. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're getting like that's what Twitter's for is being told off, isn't it? I mean, yeah. that's that's all that happens to me on there is I get told off. Yeah, but I yeah. Well, we won't talk about your Twitter. <laughs> if you if you would like to tell Sarah off on Twitter, she's at underscore pigeons underscore. Mm. That's all. Yeah. So um and but my but my and one of the things people say is yeah, but you know we have to like this we have to honour this race because it's set up in honour of Michaela Fanini, the daughter of Brunella Fanini. Uh, who's a very good young rider who died in a car accident on her way to training. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you know what I'd expect a race that was set up in honor of a, of a rider who died in a car accident to be good at. Yeah. Rider safety you'd think would be like their feature. Like, you know, it's, it's like the, um, we've also had the Amy's, the Amy's Otway race in, um, oh my God, the video of them going up the great ocean road, man. Oh my God. Beautiful. Um, in, which is, you know, in, in honor of Amy Gillett named after Amy Gillett, the Australian cyclist who died. And it's like, yeah, you know what I can pretty much trust the Amy's Otway ride is going to do not have cars in the road. Yeah. That old road is closed, like fucking closed. Oh, can you imagine riding up the Great Ocean well, Road it's, while it's, it's closed to traffic? It's part of the draw of that event. Like it, 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 you know, because there's a Grand Fondo that goes with it, and it it always sells out. Because I mean, the Great Ocean Road is probably the most beautiful road in Australia for scenery and coastline, and arguably one of the most striking roads in the world for for that. So to ride it is just phenomenal. Mm. You should do the Grand Fondo next year. You should. You should. You should. It's slightly harder from Bristol, man. Oh, don't make excuses already, dude. That's just like people are excited now. They're all they're all riled up on the subway and the tube listening to the podcast They're going, Yeah, Sarah, do the Grand Fondo. No, no. Well, hey, look, you tried. Nice, nice slide, nice sliding out of it yourself. Yeah, you, you tried to troll me. Well, I tried excuse. to troll you. It's you know, it's it's clearly we're a detente kind of situation today. To, oh, what's your excuse, man? My excuse. What excuse? For not riding it. I've ridden it before. No, you have not. I've ridden that road before. Not on a bicycle. Not on any of my current bicycles. Not on any bicycle. Not on uh, any bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of the Amy's Grand Fondo, the first stage was a uh, crit, which was won by Georgia Baker, um, who rides for High Five Tr- Dream Team. She's a track. She's normally a trackie, so she, well, she comes from a track background. 
So that wasn't really surprising, but it was fantastic, um, critty excitement. And then they had stage two, and that was Breakaway. And that was one by Kate Perry, who attacked, ha ha ha, and got on the Great Ocean Road and got away. And But with Miranda Griffiths coming second and Georgia Baker coming third, for Georgia Baker to nick the whole race. And wow. she was very surprised that she stayed with them on the climbing. Yeah, yeah. Because well, they- the Great Ocean Road, they also went up Mount Danger. What to, do I mean? Point warning. To, to be fair, it's um, you know, it's Australia, so take take the word climbing with a grain of salt. Like, oh really? Don't you have hills? Oh uh, yeah, we have hills. We don't have mountains though. It's kind of like, it's more like I mean, particularly the Great Ocean Road because it's paved, like it's it's proper proper road. So it's it's more like it's more like Flanders without the cobbles. You know, like That's... it's it's, it's rolly. But it's not terrible. Are you suggesting that the Moor Herardsbergen is not climbing Herardsbergen? No, I'm suggesting it is climbing, but it's brutal because of the cobbles. It's the climbing on the cobbles that that is it's that particular combination of evil. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, if you gave anyone a choice between that exact same road um, on asphalt or cobbles and had to choose which was easier, they would say the asphalt. That's that's all. They, yeah. Mm. Oh, oh, really? You're going to give me the I don't believe you voice? Ask around. Ask anyone. <laughs> One of them's easier than the other. <laughs> Definitively so. <laughs> so, anyway. Oh, I love the sound of your um, rum, the ice cubes in your rum jingling. Mm, mm. Oh, sorry. So anyway, there we go. There, there. Is that better? Yeah. Right. Um. So now, um. So Toscana. It started with a prologue, a nighttime prologue of um just two point two kilometers. Who wins all of those? Um, actually, to be perfectly honest with you, when it comes to Toscana, I can't be sure because I, I don't actually know that uh, who was Bigler there. Bigler were there. Bigler and all the Italian teams. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Who won? Um. Who wins all the prologues, Daniel? Um. Um, I'm going to, I'm just going to go ahead and say Kristen Armstrong. No. Oh, Annemiek van Vleuten. Oh, right, right. Weird. Annemiek van Vleuten wins all the prologues. Weird, because I thought that was what Christian Armstrong came back out of retirement for, was prologues. No? Okay. Annemiek van Vleuten, it's amazing that she's back because she was, it was only like like a couple of, well, it feels like a couple of weeks ago, six weeks ago, I think, that she was hit by a car in Navigno and you know, had a punctured lung and broken bones. But yeah, she's back, back with a bang to win the prologue ahead of Valentina Scandalari, guest riding for Top Girls Fasa Bortola and Diabla Tuzlaita for Impasato Gisfredi. Cool, cool. Yes, Annemiek van Vleuten wins all the prologues that she races in. Um, was there any word on what it was like, you know, being a nighttime prologue? Like, no, of course there's not because there's no media about it. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. Um, yeah, I if anything, if I, I did I did actually check to see riders' reports to see, hey, yeah, there were problems a couple of years ago, but now it's okay. No, nothing like that. Um, stage two was a, a finish in the bunch sprint, won by Marta Bastianelli ahead of Dive Latus Lite again, and Maria Giulia Confandonieri. Cool. Um, and it's pretty good. Pretty good Italian pronunciation there. I'm just yeah. And then stage three was a uh, was a, an attacky hilly stage, and there was a really nice Annemiek van Vleuten quote about how she couldn't keep up with Mar- Melgazata Jasinska on the climbs, and she couldn't keep up with Valle Scandalara on the descent. Last <laughs> time, but the stage was won by Melgazata Jasinska from Ali Cipollini. Um, Valle Scandalara's descending skills finished being her in two, uh, 30 seconds later, and wow. Anna Santesteban Gonzalez from in. Sotto, just Frady coming in third, and then a group of about uh, nine riders, eight riders, uh, headed up by Annemiek van Vleuten. But it wasn't enough for van Vleuten to keep her GC win. Malgozata Jansiska won, Scandolara second on GC, and van Vleuten third. Uh huh, uh huh. How close, like, what were the time splits between? 23 32. Okay, yeah, so it wound up being reasonably close. Well, yeah. But, you know, um, I'm still interested in why uh, Bigler chose to go, but I'm sure they have their reasons, and I'm sure it's to do with UCI points. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the only thing that really makes sense, isn't it? It's, you know, got to be yeah. a chance to, to snatch up some points. Yeah, um, what else? Oh, my God. Uh, let's do the other racing. There was the Chrono Champenois, which is normally the uh, ITT that kind of gives us an idea of World Championships yeah. ITT. But this year, most of the IT big ITT yeah. riders were out little, in the states already. A yeah. little bit, little bit too close together uh, time-wise. So yeah, you know. lots of riders flew out to America on Sunday, and but it was won by Anne Sophie Doik of um, Top Sport Vlaanderen, which mm. she's had a really good ITT season. She might be an ITT to look out for actually, with Tiff Cromwell second and yep. Britt Haley Simmons in third. Congratulations, Haley, because that's a really that's a really interesting result for her there. I mean, it's Amber Nibben was fourth so there were some serious itt riders there but when you look yeah, down it yeah. i mean it's hard to see what that means well watch out you know? watch out for all the casual australian fans to be super excited that tiff Krobno uh came second only to realize um the day of the itt in richmond that she's not riding the itt <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah. she came second at chrono chapelle Yes, yes, she did. Uh, she is actually on the start list for the. Oh no, she's not on the start list for the ITT. Yeah, no, it's Catherine no. Shari Gillow for you Australians. Yes, and um, Hayley Simmons is racing for the UK, and it will be really. For, and it will be really, well, Great Britain. It will be very nice to see how Hayley Simmons does. So um, yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see what yeah. happens. Um, you'll be happy to know that Anna Solovey, Hannah Solovey's appeared at, appearing out of nowhere to ride the ITT. Oh, oh. Good. I was so worried that she would miss out on an opportunity to make a mockery of the level of anti-doping controls and whatnot that are done in the... Oh, God. Ah! You did it. You did it. You robbed me up. Fucking yay. That's all right. Let's talk about the Madrid Challenge. <laughs> now that I'm riled up. I've already complained about their website. Um, what do I comp- do? I complain? Ah, uh, I see. I don't know. This this it conflicts me, man. Because like I kind of want to complain because it's like an eighty-five k boring crit, 
and and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying all crits are boring because there are plenty of crits that are exciting, but you know this one not so much, particularly because it had a whole bunch of those sort of um, those tight U-turns where you know the even if the peloton's all strung out, everyone slows down so much that it bunches all the way back up, and then half the peloton you know, from halfway through to the back, have to stop and unclip and put a foot down while they wait for a chance to actually get round the bend. And, and I shit. think that's exciting. That hot dog circuit, as, as it's known. Um, <laughs> as it's known. Like... You just made that up. Oh. <laughs> hot dog One circuit. The... What the fuck? That's an Australian term for That it. is not an Australian term. Anyone who told you that is a bald-faced liar. That is not an Australian term. You know how I know? It doesn't have the word fuck in it anywhere. So, you know. Okay, I'm not going to say anything about this. I'm just going to Google. You're going to find some weird... Oh, 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 look at the title of this. Look at the title of this article from Cycling Tips, the Australian site. Bakery Tips 5, Racing Hot Dog Circuits. Whatever. Struggling with hot dog circuits. It's, 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 it says it says an Australian triathlon site. Oh, you're you're referencing triathlon sites now? Wow, That's wow! Seven, You've seven. stooped so low in a Kelly pointless cycling. attempt to, to try and try and try and win some sort of spurious internet argument. This is this Kellycycling.com. I feel embarrassed for you. Technical hot dog circuit in Geelong. No, no. Mm. It, I just, I, it's not the strange oh, oh, It's Mitchelton Bay Cycling Classic absolute website with a hot dog ab- style circuit around Richmond. Absolute website. What is absolute web? You can't trust anything that they calls itself an absolute website as it's a so source of, of, of reliable reliable technical information. Like, you, you're clearly interested wrong. I don't even wrong. know where you got the word absolute from. You said absolute. I didn't. You did. You, you, honestly, you did. I'm going back and I'm editing. I When I edit this, I'm going to edit you saying the word absolute on repeat for like 10 <laughs> seconds. I'm going to edit back in the entire phrase with you saying the word absolute. Mitchelton Bay Cycling Classic Absolute Website. Mitchelton Bay Cycling Classic Absolute Website. Mitchelton Bay Cycling Classic Absolute Website. All I'm saying, okay. Oh look, oh, all I'm saying is on the Mitchelton Bay Cycling Classic website themselves, they describe it as a hot dog circuit around Geelong's Ritchie Boulevard. Just because it's a term doesn't mean it's an Australian term. Thank you very much. Just because the first page of um, references to it are all Australian. No, no, that means nothing. Australians are desperate to prove themselves on the world, world stage. They'll copy anything. They're mm-hmm. very, they're very suggestible. Very. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I know one suggestible Australian. Oh, really? Who? <laughs> so, um, because, so hot dog- because if I was as suggestible as you seem to be implying, then I would do what you tell me to do a lot more often than I do. I think I understood that. Anyway, <laughs> so hot dog- it is. I mean, I think they're very excited. So basically, it's um, the. If you imagine the Bakerit circuit, it was like it had three points to it. You went up and back, and then out and back, and then down and back, and then you know as, as the circuit, with some of the ter- one of the turns being you know round a roundabout, 
but the others being that hot dog circuit turn where as Dan said if you're at court at the back you have to stop and start and chase back on again and it's really interesting because Lucy Martin was doing our like our TV coverage and she was talking about how very hard it is yeah yeah oh and also I imagine I imagine it's hard psychologically too like that just must be frustrating as all hell because you know that you're expending all this additional effort that theoretically you shouldn't have to and yeah I it, yeah <laughs> And, and you also know that the way to the way to solve it is to be at the front. Ah, yeah, you and two hundred of your best mates all know that the way to solve it is to be at the front. Fucking dumbest cycling aphorism of all time. You know how to win races, Sarah? Be at the front at the end. I mean, Jesus, fuck. Oh, God, save us all from fucking idiots. You did this. You robbed me up. This is your fault. You did this. You told me before we started that you were due for a good old rant. I haven't been all, at work. I was all nice and happy and relaxed and all chilled the fuck out and all cash and like, yeah, hey, how's it going? What's up? Yep. You know, and I started off nice and cruisy and all, you know, and in, in all honesty, I half expect now that whatever feedback we get on this episode is going to be, yeah, like for the first half hour, you guys were a bit slow and stilted and, and disjointed. And then suddenly Dan clicked in. Obviously, he needed to be riled up. So... <laughs> I blame the rum. <laughs> yeah, blame the rum, not the holiday. Okay. Yeah, he's he's hit that rum level. Yeah. Well, well next I'm... he's gonna be next. He's gonna be saying, you know what I'm gonna have next? I'm gonna have a tequila. I don't have any tequila. Um, I also don't have any rum after this, so that's gonna be interesting. You'll have to go out to a tequila bar. See, this is proof of not suggestible. Ooh, gross. Like, no, 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 you're bad at life, man. Like, tequila. Have you never, have you never been to a really high quality tequila bar where you drink like beautiful, beautiful, delicious, See, there delicious. you go, there you go again, making up things that aren't real. <laughs> Bloody hell. So, um, yeah, so it's 89 kilometres, the Madrid Challenge. And it was live, uh, most of it, the first half hour wasn't, first 15 minutes, minutes wasn't, but the rest of it was live. Madrid is a gorgeous city and so beautiful. And it passes, it just goes past so many, oh, oh I've been I've been on all of these streets, man. And it's beautiful. Um, you know, I want to I wanna walk down Paseo del Prado. So, I want to walk down Gran Via again. And yeah. Sure, sure. And, but at, at the same time, okay, accepting that that you like the the course more than I did, how do you feel about the race overall? Like, I kind of wanted to uh, approach it with a bit of a, or at least what what I thought I might be able to pass for an open mind. But I I just can't help feeling that like I came away with an eighty five k race that wasn't quite a race. No, it was a really, really, okay, here's what I feel about it, is that the riders absolutely bought it. They bought their game. They were attacking yeah. all the way through. It was really, really strong, especially Eleanor Cicchini, who was, was going all out for the um, sprint yeah. immediate bonuses, which had a big cash prize on them. There was tons of attacks. Um, there's attacks by really interesting riders. Um and, you know, there's breakaways and it could have got away. But the thing was, is it's a very wide course. And the thing is, is when you're 89 kilometers, that's what, that's what, um, 35, 40 kilometers shorter than a World Cup. Yeah, it's about, it's about three quarters of a World Cup. 
Yeah, and so that's kind of hard because, I mean, and the course did have like about a 200 meter, it's not an incline, I guess, I don't want to call it a hill. But to put it in perspective, the um, the, the Tour of Chongming Island World Cup, which is probably the nearest to this race, is 125k. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, and while the Tour of Qatar stages are shorter, they're, they've generally got enormous biting wind and yeah, sand yeah. blowing off the desert onto you. So it's exhaust, you know, headwinds and tail, headwinds and sidewinds and winds that manages to hit you from three sides at once and stuff like that. Yep. So it's not, I mean, but it was, so the race, if you divide the race into the organized race and the ridden race, mm-hmm. If that makes sense, yep, um, yep, yep. As, as definitions, the organised race pissed me the fuck off because you know it's they didn't even have a website till the day of the race. They didn't have it. I mean, and okay, and why this is important? Some people are questioning why this is important, and I wrote about this on our site. So basically, imagine you're a journalist who's a sports journalist. You're maybe writing for the Guardian or something like that, or the Independent or yeah. whatever, and you're out there and you don't know anything about women's cycling because you're a professional men's cycling journalist, but you know the women are racing here today, right? Um, yep. Okay. Okay, so I'll you know I'll try and find out some information about what the course looks like. Nothing. I'll try and find some information about who's riding. Nothing. Like you really had to investigate, and and it was easy. If you're a women's cycling fan, it's pretty easy because you look at me, you look at Women's Cycling Fever, who kind of pulled together their version of the start list, you know, based yeah. on who said they were riding and stuff like that, and what teams said about it. But sure. Sure. I mean, Big Bigler was actually in the road book, but weren't riding. Like, why did you think we were riding? <laughs> well, we're in the road book. Um, well, and and that's that's kind of the point, isn't it? Like this this uh, you know the the um, ostensible reason for this race to exist is to help raise the profile of women's cycling in general and have exactly the kind of theoretical reporter that you describe write about women's cycling. And when the organisers themselves can't be bothered to even do the bare minimum basics, like have an accurate start list and have an online page and... And just, you know, the the simplest shit ever that I would expect out of even a, a halfway decently organised, you know, like like our NRS does better than that. Like, yeah, and I mean, the thing, is, and the thing is, it's not just that. It's like there's literally nothing that you can say about it because yeah. you don't know who's there. You don't know what the race is like. Fans, so if, if you're thinking, okay, look, um, I've heard that this is women's, you know, you're in, you're in Madrid, you're a cycling fan. You're looking at it, you know, oh, well, maybe I'll go and watch this women's race. When's it start? Yeah. And you go onto the website and you look for the website and you can't find it. It's just, it's like, that's really, these are really big deals. Exactly. Okay, and, well, and, and it feeds into then, you know, the thing is then organizers turn around and go, oh, well, we didn't get the support we expected or, or whatever. And I'm not saying that they absolutely will do that, but there's a risk that they could. And it's like, well, this is a, this is a, a self-fulfilling prophecy, isn't it? Because like, fuck, yeah. like just the simple Simple shit. So yes, I think that's a great distinction to make. The race as it was organised versus the race as it was written. Yeah, and the race as it was written was fucking fantastic. And we've talked about this before in um in in um in in about the with exactly the same thing with the course. That the course bothered me as a race, um, you know, the sideshow aspect, the short aspects of it, you know, the kind of lack of lack of attention to it, although relative to the Madrid Classic, it was, you know, it was like it was amazing. But yeah, so and the other thing about it was that people going, Oh, you couldn't even look at what this what the race was called because on all the T V schedules, this race was down as La Course by La Vuelta because they changed the name to the Madrid, yeah. Madrid Challenge really late on. Some commentary didn't even know what the course was like yeah yeah 
you know this is like mm. yeah anyway um, the race itself though was you know wonderful it didn't have the biggest feel but it did have the big three sprinters kirsten field yeah. um georgia bronzini and shelly olds um and it had uh, lucy garner as the kind of up-and-coming sprinter eleanor Cicchini as the um as as, as that maybe it could be a, a, maybe it could be a breakaway yeah. and also you know roxanne fournier who is my uh secret uh, not secret who is my you know my dark horse for the podium yeah yeah um, gutted for Miyuko Hagiwara, who'd attacked a couple of times and then got, got caught up when someone hit her from behind on one of the corners, crashed, broke her collarbone. Yeah, brutal, brutal, especially, you know, this week of all weeks. Yeah, but, no worlds for Miyuko. Yeah. Last year she broke her ankle before the um, worlds. This year she broke her collarbone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, then again, last year, you know, she broke her ankle and then this year started winning a heap of shit. So maybe, maybe next year's going to be an even bigger year for her. That's true, actually, because Anna van der Breggen last year um, crashed in the, the TTT and had those awful injuries mm. um, that kept her in hospital for ages. And she came back and stuff and won. So one yeah, thing. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Am I talking last year? Am I talking the year before? Yeah, last year. So, yeah. Yeah, so um, Sarah's tipped at first, folks. Miyuko Hagiwara to win everything next year. So. Well, if she's following, um, if she's following uh, Van der Breggen, she should win a World well, Cup at least. The only the only thing left for her to do to seal that deal is to do an interview with you. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, the interesting thing actually about Wiggle Honda next year, because I think she's still riding for Wiggle Honda next year. They've just signed Lucy Garner. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. I have two. I mean, it, how does does this fit with the Pokemon theory? I mean, it basically cements it, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I the, the, so the theory is that the only way that this can work with tons of um, tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of sprinters and no domestiques is that half your sprinters will not be actually racing for most of the year because they'll be focusing on the Olympics on the track. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's it is the only thing that actually adds up, and it does sort of make sense. Um, but. But, 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 but given how big they are as a team, one wonders who's going to be leaving because they were already one of the bigger teams last year. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Strange. Yeah. Strange. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so uh, poor Miyuko. Our thoughts go out to her. Anyway, the race, very exciting. Um, would it be a sprint with the breakaway stairway? It was a sprint. And there was a gorgeous, gorgeous, beautiful lead out by High Tech with, I always love Charlotte Becker on the front, going, um, leading out Unfor uh, with Kirsten Bield starting her sprint early. Unfortunately, she had Shelley Olds and Georgia Bronzini right on her wheel. Yeah. Um, Shelley Olds came out. And while it looked like Bronzini nearly, nearly was accelerating, accelerating toward the lines, Shelley Olds won. Yes, yes. And uh, Georgia made it through for second, and uh, and Kirsten had to settle for third. Yeah. So yeah. yeah um, it was an exciting fun. finish. It it really was. Um, and I mean, it, it's interesting to see the way the the sprint played out. Also, uh, given that we've spent uh, on and off, I guess, the last couple of weeks joking about how LA um, sort of make lots of attacks, lots of attacks, and don't um, and don't really win much. Um, it was a good day for them to win. All of the uh, the intermediates and the and the yeah, you know what's been good for Ali Cipollini to win, having Kurt, having Shelley Olds come back. <laughs> 
Yes. So yeah, let's, <laughs> that would let's... that would that would that would help most teams add to the tally. I I would imagine. Yes. Yeah. I mean, to be <laughs> fair, to be fair, they did have Jasinska winning at the same weekend, um, the t- final stage of Toscana and the final thing of that. Mm. But yeah, I'm looking down their podium spots and um, what they got. They had Annalisa Cucinotta won a stage at Qatar and a stage at Giro, the Giro, which is fantastic. Yep. Um, Flavia Oliveira won a stage at the Volta Femenina Costa Rico. And then <laughs> Shelly Olds, Shelly Olds, Shelly Olds. <laughs> well, so, you know, you yeah. can't, I can't knock that, given how many teams do build themselves around one rider or whatever. Right? So. Yeah, but most, most of the time you start the season with that one rider. She doesn't come in in um, hey, August, hey, hey. You do July. It, you do it your way. They'll do it the Italian way. It's all good. It's all good. So, um, yeah, Madrid Challenge. Um, the full video uh, is online on our site, Pro, com, along with all the other videos for everything else we talked about. Um, and the full full three-day live coverage of the Paracycling World Cup. Awesome. In Pieter Maritzburg. Cool, cool. So what were the headlights of the, the um, highlights, I should say, sorry, of um, Paracycling? For you... Carol Cook is amazing. Yeah, well, given. Carol Cook, what does AM stand for? Um, oh, usually it's OAM, which is the Order of Australia Medal. That's it. Yeah, yeah. let's see if, if that's what she if that's what she is. She's something like that. Um, yeah, Kaz Cook is fantastic. She's a tricyclist. Um, uh, AM, Carol Cook AM, it says. She's a para, paracycling gold medalist um, in London. She's a two-time, she's, well, lots of time world champion in the ITT and in the road race. And she's lovely. She's really fantastic. Um, yeah, she's, uh, I, I think if you're Australian, you should be cheering and cheering and cheering about her because that was a, because she's a great, she's a great writer. She has a really good blog as well that she's, um, I think yeah. she's writing long before she got, before she got, um, before she, um, I think she's got multiple sclerosis. Um, yeah, multiple sclerosis. Uh, okay, um, so so, sorry, sorry, just to, just to clarify. So AM means that you're a member of the Order of Australia, as in you've been appointed, and OAM means you've got the medal. So these are these these awards for those who don't quite follow or understand are the Australian version of similar awards to knighthoods and dameships and stuff in the in the UK. And if you want to support Carol, you can buy her book, Cycle of Life, on her website, carolcook.com.au. Cool. Um, Really super exciting uh, um, tandem road race, which came down to a bunch of sprints, uh, won by Laura Turlum and Corinne Hall from from Great Britain. So I'm smug there. Awesome. um, What other... So yeah, I mean, tons. Um, Sean Moretti, the USA basically stomped it. They, the USA women, went stompy, stompy, stomp with wins from Sean Morelli in the C4 bike road bike category, awesome. um, it, it, the ITT and road race, and Alicia Dana in her um, in her hand cycling, and yeah, it's great. Yep, yep. And oh my God, watching hands. Oh, Carol Cook on her blog, she's saying that one of her weaknesses was cornering, so she went out with her mate who's a rally driver. <laughs> 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 who it's, taught her how you can steer? It's it's allowed to slide. You know, here's how to steer through. Um, that that's awesome. I have to say, I am gonna I am gonna track down and watch the video of um of the tandem sprint because, I mean, 
normal normal bunch sprints are amazing enough, but a tandem bunch sprint's got to be pretty oh, spectacular. Oh, my God. When it comes to this, if, if we have some paracycling track this year, you have to watch... And, and actually, I've got uh, videos on my blog, prowomenscycling.com, which has paracycling sprint, tandem sprint on the track, where they do everything. They do the track stands. They do the swooping down the banking. They do the, oh, my God, they do that kind of flick of the back wheel to kind of put, put off the person behind them on a tandem. It's I, amazing. I just, I, I just want to see, I just want to see tandem shoulder barging. That's all I want, really. So, oh yeah. yeah, they do. They do it all, and yeah. and it's and it's it's basic. Oh god, it's the Paralympics are next year, Dan. Yeah, they are. They are indeed. Oh, oh, I'm excited. Um, go Sophie Thornhill. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm really excited about that because because it's one of my favorite 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 disciplines. It might even be one of my yeah. I'm. I, it, it's it's actually I'd I'd watch it over. I'd watch it over the able-bodied individual pursuit and scratch racing and things like that. Yeah, right, I right. love. It. Would you watch it? My, uh, would you watch it over downhill mountain bike? No. No. <gasps> downhill mountain bike on a tandem. I, I, I don't. I morally, I'm not sure you'd be allowed to because I think, I think someone would die every every time you held a, a competition, wouldn't they? I don't know. Oh, they get pretty close to those trees, man. Like I, that it's that would scare me, is what I'm saying. I would be very scared. To watch that i i i can watch like horror movies and read about serial killers and stuff but that that downhill mountain bike is too scary wait 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 why why do you read about serial killers daniel um i can't get tips i can i didn't say i do uh no it's not because they all get caught i mean ooh, that would the ones that get written about uh, get caught so they would be the worst ones to get tips from their tips obviously don't work Obviously. Surely you learn. Surely you learn from their mistakes. Or I, theoretically, one could basically just learn from someone who didn't make mistakes. I suppose. I, You're I, creeping I, me I, out right now. A theoretical one who might know about those sort of things. I, I, um, I, I, I really like the Rasnamorn. The Rasnamorn was won by Eileen Rowe. Um, <laughs> it was her first. She's normally known as a crit racer. Rasnamorn. I'm Rasnamorn. I wish it would get UCI status because it's such a great race. It's in Ireland and it's beautiful. Um, and it rains a lot. And sometimes there are cars in the road. Okay. Um, I hope it doesn't have cars in the road. But anyway, it was won by Eileen Rowe, um, who wasn't riding for Wiggle Honda um, yeah uh, interesting um, uh, yeah oh god I still can't get over Anna Solovey being in the uh, oh in the... yeah uh, uh, see that just fuck uh, I'm on my blog I'm on my tumblr womenscycling.tumblr.com I've actually put up the photos of the um uh, the podiums that I could find, photos of the podiums I could find for the paracycling road worlds. So if you want to find out more about who won exactly which uh, event, just go to my Tumblr, womenscycling.tumblr.com, which is where I put up my everyday things. And um, I really liked, I think you get, just looking back at my Tumblr, I really liked, there was a really good article from Cycling Tips Ella where they had some of the Girona-based riders talking about the mistakes they made in their first races. Oh, right, yes. Yeah. I did like the I did like the spoiler that they tweeted um, which is nobody won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, except poor Yuli Lett. 
um, her dad, because because they'd made a mistake on the on the route, her dad thought that she was winning and she was lapped. Oh no! Oh. And a surprising number of them said turning up to ride um, with with underwear underneath my bib shorts. And Mara Abbott said, yeah, people told me I was wrong and I still kept doing it until one day I realised halfway through a race why I shouldn't do it and I had to stop at a gas station and throw my underwear away. (laughs) Um, You know what else we missed out talking about? We missed out talking about the hour record. Oh, right, yeah. How long did that take? (laughs) Yeah, I, look, I, honestly, I find it I find it impossible to get excited about the hour record. Honestly, like, it, it's just someone riding around the track for an hour and basically at about 20-odd minutes in, you can, you can look at a screen for 30 seconds and tell whether or not they've got a chance of making it. And then half an hour after that, you can look at a screen again for about 15 seconds and see whether or not they will make it, and that's all you need. So when you can when you can determine the result of an entire air quote race in less than a minute of, of viewing, I, I just find it hard to get excited about that. Well, there's there's I what I particularly liked was that there was um look lots of our fan lots of people who listen to us are fans, sorry listener. Lots of our listeners um really enjoy the hour. Um we are outliers on this. Okay. Well look and, and look, if the hour's your thing, I'm not trying to you know, I'm not trying to say you're wrong or anything. I'm just saying it doesn't do it for me. Uh, I, I also don't really enjoy watching grass grow or paint dry, but each to their own. Like, totally, you do you, man. You do you. Yeah, um, I I um, I find the hour record hard to get engaged about. But, but it was beaten. It was won by uh, Molly Schaffer Van Howling, the American rider who set it up. She yeah. tried before and didn't manage it. And this time she covered a distance of 46.273 kilometres. And um, look, to, to... 208 metres further than Leontine Van Morsel's record set in 2003. Yeah, and look, you know, the, the post-ride interview, she seems like a, a lovely woman and I'm, I'm, you know, I am genuinely happy for her that, you know, all her effort and training and, and whatnot has, has paid off, um, you know, uh, yay. And I guess we'll talk about it again in, I don't know, two, three months when someone else has a crack and beats it. Well, now, this is the interesting thing is because it always kind of leads to a, a set of people going, oh, who's next, who's next, who's next, who's next? And I think what's very interesting about it is the top rider, so Ellen Van Dyke is the obvious chance. Yep. So basically the people who are good at the hour are people who are good at ITTs and also good at track. So Ellen Van Dyke fits the bill as a yep. track world champion and ITT world champion. However, the difference between the men's and the women's hour is the men, um, their ITTs are around the same distance anyway. So yeah, yeah. lots and lots and lots of the men like when Jens Voigt did it he didn't really do any training he just rocked up and did it yeah but for the women you have to train specifically about specifically for it and I when I interviewed Mariana Voss earlier on in the year I because I've never understood why people go Mariana Voss should do it because you know Mariana Voss ITTing is her her Achilles heel as far as you know I mean you know she's still really good at it and she'll still blast through a prologue and do fantastically well yeah, on the prologue yeah. but it's Mariana like- is 
It's not like she's built from the ground up for time trialing, though, you know. No, Mariana's all about, I mean, she's a track, she was a trackie, but her trackie skills were, again, the explosive attacks and yeah. recovering after explosive attacks and tactical skills and all of that stuff. And while you've got to have very specific skill set for to be a good ITT rider that I'm not knocking at all, that's not the skill set that Mariana Voss carries. Yeah. And... So she says, well, maybe I'd do it towards the end of my career, which I think is very telling in itself. But she's like, you know, but Ellen Van Dyke said, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go, but I'm not going to do it right now because you've got to train for it. Because yeah. to do it properly, you've got to train for it. So Molly Schaffer Van Howling, um, apparently she's um, the, the apparently she's an amateur road world champion. Oh, I didn't even know such a thing existed, but OK. No. No, yeah, same. Um, but, you know, Molly Schaffer Van Howling has been training specifically for this. Yeah. yeah. Which is fine and great and fair play to her. Good on her. Sarah Story trained specifically for it when she had her attempt. But, you know, you're not going to see people train specifically for it while what they've got on their mind right now is the Olympic Games. Yeah, exactly. Or, or you know, just a, a professional season or, or whatever. Yeah, you know, exactly. like it's... You know, you the, what, the number of riders, you... the number of riders who can afford to give up, um, you know, a shot at a World Cup race or, or into next year, you know, a World Tour win or whatever to have the luxury then to just concentrate on and train for an hour attempt is incredibly small. But also you don't actually win. Any, I mean, what do you win? So you get, people go, oh, my God, it's like the glory. A, yeah, you get like a certificate and... And, you know, it's kind of like a Guinness World Record. Like, it's, it's kind of fun and nice, but it's only going to last until someone knocks it over. And, and that's why Leontine Van Morsels has 12 years. Well, or because this is the UCI, they change the rules again. Yeah, well, hey, that's the other thing is, I mean, hell, you could just wait for them to change the rules to allow some even better bike or whatever and just piss it in without even trying. Well, generally, generally what they do is they try and change the rules to allow you a worse bike. Oh, right. <laughs> well, it is the UCI. So. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, the thing is, is there's no prize. There's no prize money. You have yeah. to fund it privately. I, I reckon, I do think that once the Olympics are over, you'll see Ellen Van Dyke be sponsored by Specialized to try it. Yeah, and actually, that would... And she'll spend, and, she'll, and I can see her spending a winter yeah. training for it and going for it with Specialized. Um, and I can see her destroying it. And, you know, maybe someone like, oh, God, you know who's going to go for it, don't you? Who would be perfect for it? What? Hannah Solovey. Oh, God, no. But who would sponsor? Oh, God, no. She, she's so... She got fired from Astana for fuck's sake. I mean, it's not like Vino's going to sponsor her, surely. I bet... I bet you, oh no, I bet... Oleg Tinkoff is finally going to decide that he gives a shit about women's cycling and will sponsor Hannah Solovey's hour record. Oh my fucking, oh no. I oh. can see, I can foresee a time where um, where Ellen Van Dyke and, Le and Lisa Brunauer and maybe Kristen Armstrong and writers like that get sponsored to take it on properly and they absolutely fucking destroy it. And then it stays destroyed for years. Yeah, I can say, uh, well, your, your specialised Ellen theory, you know, definitely holds up to, to my way of thinking. Um, but I also I also think, you know, you're right that she would destroy that and it would be the kind of record that would stand for, for several years before anyone even tried it again. Well, no, I, I mean, I can see I can see your Lisa Brunauer and Van Dyke going, you know, because, again, Lisa Brunauer is a very strong trackie and a very strong time trialist. But the thing is, is Lisa and Ellen, what they really, really enjoy about racing, and they've both said it themselves, is the team team sport, team aspects. Mm, mm. 
what they don't really want is, um, you know, the... I mean, yeah, so anyway. So, but yeah, congratulations, Molly Shaffer and Van Howling. That's, um, yeah. And if you want to watch the full um, hour uh, <laughs> coverage, it's all on our blog. And there's also highlights because, and that did make me laugh. That was saying... <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, I watched. I tried to watch the highlights last night, and I skipped through the highlights. <laughs> I mean, it's like, like honestly, the highlight package is like five minutes and fifty something seconds, and of that, it's like a thirty second introduction. Then it's about three minutes of the actual attempt, and then it's two minutes of interview. So even the high and and I skipped through that <laughs> like. It's just, I don't find it interesting. I'm sorry, but I'm not yes. sorry. Um, speaking of other things you don't find interesting, uh, we've got the cyclocross starting on Wednesday. Oh. Uh, you just, don't button your lip. No, I saw, I, saw, I saw one thing on Twitter during the week that, that I was like, okay, I, that's kind of cool. Some cyclocross race, I think it was in America, had... Um, it was like at twilight or nighttime, and they'd lit the hurdles on fire, and so they were jumping over hurdles of fire, and then someone did like a, a trials bike reverse spin around thing over the hurdle of fire. That was kind of cool. Cool. Well, um, the, the cross cross has never been better. The first cyclocross World Cup of the year. The first time cyclocross World Cup's been in the states. Oh, is this Cross Vegas? It is Las Vegas. Oh my God! Wow, wow. Cyclocross so, the desert. Yeah. All right. There's there's jokes there to be made about tackiness in the desert or something, but I'm just going to leave it alone. So. Yeah. Um, it's really exciting. It's it's great that cyclocross is going to the states. It's great that the work, cyclocross. He's going happens. to the states. He's been in the states for fucking ever. <laughs> no, but this is this is it has not. It's new. It's a new sport in the states, and it's what? really really exciting. Helen Simon's been raving about it over there for years. How, yeah, how cyclocross in the states is better than cyclocross in Europe, and better organized and better that. money. And yeah, she might say that. Yes, she does. She doesn't say it's better. Uh, she says it's the future of cyclocross. Absolutely, she said that to us on our podcast in an interview. Absolutely. She raps um, about American cyclocross. Big thing. I interviewed, I interviewed Helen last week, so if you want to know her views, go onto our site, prowomenscycling.com, and listen. And um, no, cycling, so so it's, I mean, it's, it's they have to do it after dark because it's so hot in the desert. It's on a football course, an American football course. And it's always a fantastic atmosphere, and the organisers have been great and been doing equal prize money for years, and it's fantastic. And I'm really, really pleased for American fans that's out there. I still wish there was a um, that the American round of the World Cup was on the East Coast because the East Coast cyclocross scene is amazing. Um, but, yeah, it's it, – it's, yeah, cyclocross starts earlier and earlier. As we said last, last week, it's almost like – it's like Halloween – Christmas decorations before Halloween. It's so wrong. It's just so um, cyclocross. It's coming. You can watch it live. Well, um, yeah, it starts. Might start at four fifteen in the morning for women. But um, I've put the links. It's going to be streamed live on the UCI's website. I've put it on my blog, um, the blog, um, so that you can see uh, where the women's and the men's. Uh, the women's starts at. Uh, Oh, I totally lied, didn't I? No, I didn't. Um, the women's starts at 8.15pm USA Pacific time, which is 4.15am BST, 
uh, Euro CST, and one fifteen in the afternoon for the Aussies on Thursday the 17th. Right, well, there you go. So you can watch it, you're off work. On Thursday the 17th? Yeah. No, I'm sorry, I've got a drinking day. I'm catching up with a mate from, yeah. For, for anyway, uh, if you, like Dan, uh, are either asleep like me or out getting completely hammered like Dan, then you can watch it again because the stream is also the archive, if that makes sense. Uh, yes, yes, okay. Yeah, I'm with you, I'm with you. You can yeah. return to their YouTube channel and see it later, yes. Yes, exactly. And, yeah, um, oh, I mean, it's it's exciting. I, you know, yay cyclocross, and then about a month later is Valkenberg. Valkenberg cross. Oh, my God. Oh, Cocksider, Namur, who's the Zolder? Um, Zolder gets two. It gets the World Cro- Cross World Cup, and it gets the World Champs later on this year. So, oh, my God. Um, Linier and Berry in France, and Hugerheider in the Netherlands for the Cyclocross World Cup. But also the amazing B-Post Bank Trophy series and super prestige series which this year has a women's series for the first time maybe not for the first time but for the first time in ages okay cool it's amazing supercross is amazing but what else do we have coming up this week daniel worlds say that again worlds say that again worlds say that again worlds (laughs) say it with your big growly voice oh Worlds. We start the Road Cycling World Championships, uh, which Dan thinks is the only cycling world championships, um, starts this week. Well, uh, it pretty much is. Like, it's a whole week of world championships. It's like bloody great, is what it is. We start with um, with the TTT. Or the, as we like to call it, the TTTT. The TTTTTT. The yeah. You sound like that should be, I think. And that's on Sunday the 20th and of September. And uh, Richmond, Virginia, what do you think the course is like, Daniel? Uh, Richmond, Virginia. It's um, actually, I was looking at the map earlier and it's, I, I don't even remember, to be honest. Um, and I suddenly realized that I didn't look at the profile at all. So I'm hoping that there's a couple of hills in there. No? There is, it's lumpy. It's a lumpy um, profile. I mean, it, there's no hill hill that's more than 50 metres, that's more than 50 metres, but it's, there's a nice kind of descent bit, um, which is fun, and a couple, and then climbs, and it finishes going uphill um, quite steeply, actually, on the 50, but, you know, for 50 metres. Sure. So it looks, it looks the map looks, um, they call it a fat, flat and fast, a classic TTT with a sting at the end. With a sting at the end. Okay, cool, cool. With a sting at the end. And it's got some tight-looking... Well, it looks on the map like tight-looking corners, but I don't know whether American roads are all like freeway roads. Um, Not all of them, but, you know, I mean, again, it's hard to say without knowing exactly the roads. This is where we would benefit from uh, a Richmond, Virginia local that we could refer to because, you know, there's there's a whole range of B roads and stuff that are what we would consider normal roads. So, you know, in America, well, starts, in America, um, they're tiny roads, but in the rest of the world, they're just normal roads. So. OK, mm. well, it starts at the Lewis Ginter Botanical Garden, oh, which is um, founded in 1895 as a gathering spot for cyclists. Cool. Um, it continues east down a rural Route 5, and the first few kilometres are scenic, flat, open roads that eventually narrow and wind through Richmond National Battlefield Park. Ooh, 
Wow. Then it has a hard, then it comes into the city for a hard right turn to ascend 300 metres. At the top, teams take a sharp left onto a false flat, right, finishing straight 650 me, 680 metres to the finish. So basically, they start off with a quite a long time, you know, quite a, a nice, you know, nice, nice bang hang straight out you know yeah, before they yeah. kind of have their cornery bits and then you know then some technical some technical elements of it oh except i'm looking at the map does that mean the women as well as the men oh that's interesting yeah i i wasn't quite sure but i mean i think it is but i yeah i don't know yeah it's i mean who's gonna okay the question is who's gonna win yeah well and that's that's the key question isn't it i mean uh, given given what happened in Vigorda, I think it's interesting that currently Velocio are sending eight riders, nine riders, to contest the, the team time trial. No, 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 so it's only six, isn't it? I was making a joke about the long start list, but that's cool. Ah, okay, no, that's a long yeah. list. They don't have to put their actual I know, that's, that was the basis of the joke, but it's okay, we've passed that by, it's all right. Okay. Um, but, I mean, obviously they're the, they're the team to, to watch. I mean... Particularly as we've talked about before, they've got everything on the line for this one. They've they've always won this in some form. This is the last year that the team will be going ahead without, you know, b- before a dramatic overhaul for the Canyon team next year. Um, but I don't think it's going to be that. Well, it's going to be dramatic in one point because on the one hand, it's not going to have Christy Scrimgeour running the team anymore. It's going to have Ronnie Lauker running the team, and that's interesting. And I and um, it's probably uh, going to go mostly German. So, well, I I don't know. I I I I suspect the team in its most of its staff and most of its riders might transfer across. All right. Well, pretty. Um, this space to be watched, I guess. I mean, you know, hey, maybe maybe they will continue um, the legacy next year as well. That would be cool. Um, but it would be very, very, very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting to see whether under because Ronnie Lauk has been the kind of uh, you know um, the person, the, the the man behind all the uh, you know the the TTT the TTT success. He's a very, yeah. very good um, uh, DS. But um, yeah, it's. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I am interested. Yeah, um, obviously, obviously, following what happened at uh, at Vigorda, you've got to look seriously at Rabo um, and and their chances. Um, I, I don't know. Rabo will win. Do you think Rabo will win? Uh, no, not really. But I don't think you can. Can you ever really discount them though? Do you think? Do you think it's going to definitely be? Um, the uh, uh, do you think it's definitely going to be Velocio? No, I, I don't think it's definitely going to be Velocio. I reckon I reckon the other other teams to pay attention to um, are Bowles Dolmens, um, and I reckon I reckon United Healthcare could surprise people. I was going to say, do you think there's any chance for the? Um, yeah, well, I mean, just because it's because it's in America, and obviously that's going to have a big benefit. Um, and you know, they, yeah, I, I just, again, it, it, to me, this is really interesting because in the past we've always sort of joked that this is this is the Velocio Invitational, basically, like they're they're always going to win it, and now I think it's a much more open race. So I'm excited by it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm. I am. I am. I am very excited by it. So yeah. Yeah, I, and and look, I mean, I mentioned United Healthcare, but you look at 2016, 
they've got some strong riders, um, and uh, and Optum have also got some some riders who have been doing really well this year. Who you know, like like yeah. And I mean, I guess that also leads into my views of the road race. Um, but we'll get to that in a minute. Who are, who are you thinking is is like? Do you have a a top pick? Do you have someone that you I pre- I genuinely don't know. I mean, I I think I I I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I after last year's horrible crash, I you know really love Rabobank to do well. So mm. so do I want Rabobank to win or do I want Velocio to win? That's the thing that's really difficult for me to know in my head. Like, what do I want? Yeah. Yeah. What do I want, Daniel? You want you want everyone to win. Remember, you want them all to cross the line together, holding hands, singing Kumbaya. Now, I don't know whether it's going to be live because uh, I'm looking on the BBC, on the UCI website and it cunningly just has a list of television partners. It doesn't actually have a list of what's going to be on live. I guess that comes that comes later. I mean, in yeah, Sunday, I, presumably, Tuesday. Presumably that's closer to the event, but um, hopefully. But, hopefully. but here's, the thing, here's the thing is that I suspect that it's going to be Men live, followed by highlights of women. So don't get excited about thinking you can you can watch it live, people. And also, if you want to watch it without spoilers, then don't go on Twitter during the race. <laughs> yes, that's that's a that's a lesson learned the hard way, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Um, well, that's the, that's the TTT. Um, following that, we have. Uh, what's next? The ITT, yeah. Now the ITT is uh, two laps of the same course for the women. Um, it's a fif- it's a fifteen kilometer cap uh, lap distance, and it's um, you know 36, uh, 30 kilometers. They say there's like a ninety six meter elevation change, but I was guessing that's adding it all up because okay. on the profile, yeah, it doesn't nothing on the profile goes over like fifty meters, yeah. No, it doesn't even go to 50 metres. I'd say it's like 25 metres is the highest. This looks like Ellen van Dyke. Yeah, Mind you, I yeah. said that last year and Lisa Brunauer won. So, you know, um, but yeah, uh, riders to watch out for. I said Hannah Solovey. Um, I reckon Kristen Armstrong's been training like a mad thing on this course. Well, she'd be crazy if she hasn't. I mean, um, yeah. it does go over a bridge, which could be windy, which if the weather's bad, it could be windy. Yeah, but well, if the weather's bad, though, again, I go back to look. Oh, look, let me put it this way: I roll down the start list, and I get to the Netherlands, and I'm like, "Why the fuck is anyone else even bothering to turn up?" No, Lisa Brunauer. Okay, okay. I reckon it's. I mean, the Americans you have to watch. Obviously, we've got Ebby Stevens and Carmen Small and uh, Kristen Armstrong are yep. all incredibly strong riders. Hannah Solovey. Oh my God, I'm sure her doping plan is perfectly like this. <laughs> Allegedly, um, you know, when you've been kicked out from Astana. From, by Astana and you know have had doping problems in the past and haven't risen anything and thus been drugs tested all year um yeah I just hope that USA Cycling have drugs tested her every single day I hope they're in the in, the, in her hotel room basically every time she goes to the toilet I hope she's drug tested <laughs> but you know the thing about what she took steroids was that you don't have to take them to you know you don't they don't have to be in your blood to um be useful but yeah um watch out for hannah solovey because oh my god um obviously linda villamson was on the podium for about yeah. six years six years in a row only not last year so we haven't seen her all year well we have sort of she's been racing but not very much um so maybe yeah maybe but i mean that's the thing and, and sorry i wasn't trying to dismiss the u.s writers or lisa for germany but it to me it's like you said like ellen van dyke this course is like you know and yeah, I, 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 hey, I look forward to being wrong. 
uh, it'll be the first time it's ever happened to me. Why, why, why do you want to be wrong? Adam Van Dyke is a fantastic winner. I don't, I, I, I don't want happy. to be wrong. I'm just, you know, hedging my bets. I'm expecting that the 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 vengeful and capricious cycling gods will um, will will punish me for making such a bold prediction. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. You deserve to be punished. Oh, that's a completely different kind of podcast, remember? <laughs> I wasn't offering to do it. I was just offering to set it up. No, um, yeah, I thought you were offering to pay to watch it. Um, anyway, oh, different, oh. different podcast altogether. So. Oh, so, 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 so wrong. So <laughs> the one Elite ITT is on Tuesday the 22nd. Um, so I guess we're going to podcast just after it maybe um and uh yeah and it's all in american time so you know we'll put up the translations to australian and british and european time on our blog program at cycling.com but we should be able to watch this one it shouldn't be too hideous timings for um, any uh, think, yeah sorry americans sorry australians it'd yeah. be horrible for you i think it gets pretty pretty brutal for us um but yeah uh, and then yeah. the road race the and road race yeah, I thought I don't know why I thought it was hilly, but it's absolutely not. I think because um, in the past, because like U.S. nationals have been in this area for the last few years, and so there is. Um, oh, they're, they're in Chattanooga. They're in Chattanooga now, but they were in in the Virginia. Chattanooga, Tennessee. Yes, but they were in the Virginia area before that. Pardon me, boys. Have you seen the Chattanooga choo choo? Oh, this is the Chattanooga choo choo. Oh my god! I got my words. My, I've got my lyrics wrong. Oh, I'm going to have to sing it all day to myself. Dorothy Dandridge. That's who please, I'm going to watch. Please, 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 don't sing it now. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> oh I just, I just know. I'm broken. I'm broken, and I'm done. All right. So anyway, road race is on. Um. Yeah, the profile profile doesn't actually make it very climby. It's you know same sort of thing, just kind of um, few punchy climbs and and a bit of up and down. But it is a um, sixteen point two kilometer circuit, uh, which works out to about eight laps for the women, um, around and about uh, through through downtown Richmond, um, and. It will be interesting because the profile's reasonably reasonably flattish. I think this is going to turn out to be a bit like um, a lot of those sort of because uh, the course is also meant to be cobbly, isn't it, Sarah? So I think it's going to turn out to be a bit like um, some of those sort of Belgian style races. You know, I don't think of... it's cobbly. It's an inner city thing. Um, it's got. Uh, it talks about a um, a show, blah 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 blah. Halfway through the circuit, they head down to Shoko Bottom before turning following the canal and passing Great Shiplock Park. The sharp, the blah blah blah. A sharp off camber turn into Rockets Landing brings the riders to a narrow, twisty, cobbled two hundred meter climb up Libby Park Hill into the historic Churchill neighbourhood. Right. Right. So I think there's a cobbled climb, a narrow, twisty 200 meter climb. Now I think in a climb that short, and it only it's only about 500 meters elevation, but in a climb that short, I think the um, secret isn't so much going to be the climb; it's going to be oh my god, positioning. Yeah, I, I was going to say I think narrow and twisty there probably counts more than any other of the descriptors. You know, like that yeah, is yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely going to make it 
really important to um, to position well. And um, I rem I'm reminded of, uh, I'm pretty sure it was Marine De Vries last year in her blog about Flanders, talked about how there, is, there are key points at the race where you sort of know, like there's a left-hand turn coming up, the road really narrows and you've got to be at the front to make that turn. Otherwise, everything gets jammed up and you, and you can basically lose the whole race there. And from the sounds of it, I expect that, that climb is going to be a similar kind of feature, as in so, it's not not necessarily where the race is won, but there will be a lot of riders who can lose the race at that point. So is your advice to riders to be on the front? No, it is not. It is not because if I have to tell that to a rider, they shouldn't be racing at Worlds in the first place. Y your advice is to be at the front of the narrow, twisty climb? Oh, for fuck's sake. No, so, uh, Phil. No, Paul. No. No. Okay, there's no. another. Okay, a quick descent followed by three hard turns leads to a hundred meter long climb up Twenty Third Street, which is a steep cobbled hill. Hey, you know what? You should be at the front. So there's of that. two cobbled hills. There's two cobbled hills. Then it leads into a final um, descent into Shoko Bottom. Leads into a final three hundred meter long climb up Governor Hill and falls flat to the finish. Now, I think that's interesting because it sounds like the descending. I mean, could be as much could be as important as the climbing. Yep. Yep. It could be. It could well be. Um, it's gonna be. It's gonna be really interesting to see how it plays out. Speaking of which, how do you think it will play out? I have no idea. I mean, I was thinking, is that is that going to be long enough for you? So basically, the World Cup season, because and um, Worlds is more like World Cups than other races. Yeah, in yeah. the fact that it's they're often circuity races, and they're, I mean, but is that going to be too explosive? Is that going to be too short for your Anna van der Breggens and uh, Lizzie Armitsteads and? Uh, and uh, Emma Johansson's, is it yeah. likely to come together and be a sprint finish? Are we going to see a sprint World Cup? Maybe. <gasps> Jolene Dora, man. Oh, wow. That would, be year? that would be an amazing cap to an already incredible year, wouldn't it? I mean, it sounds, it's, it's you know, the, the hills aren't the hills aren't too hard. Yeah, no, no, it, it could very much, it could very much be hers. And let's be honest, if there's a if there's a team that you can expect to to manage it very well tactically, it's going to be the Belgians as well. Um, I yeah. don't know though, she does. But you know, what would Jolene be like without her fantastic? You know, without people. I mean, of course, we're going to see the Italians go crazy. They yeah. always have a. My question is: Are we going to see Team USA on the front continually? <laughs> I, knew, I knew you were going to ask that. I knew you were going to ask that. My question about Team USA is actually more down to, um, you know, do we think that they have had enough time at home on this course um, for well, that to be I, an advantage to them? Well, also. You know what the biggest problem with Team Team USA could be? Too many leaders, because I look at that course and I think of Megan Guarnier, but I yep. also think of Shelly Olds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and who that, are they writing for? Who are they writing for? That too up um, is, but that that also gives them some great options too. You know, you could easily see them trying to play, throw Megan into an early break and and see if we can make it stick or something, um, and hold on to Shelly if it all comes back together. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it, it's going to be very, very interesting. You know who my dark horse is, though? This is my kind of wishful thinking dark horse, the the one that I kind of secretly want to see happen and I think might have a, a bit of a chance. Tiff Cromwell. Nope. Ash Mulman. Do you think... I, I don't know if it's hard enough for her. I think she likes a harder course. I, yeah, well, that's, that's kind of my question. But at the same time, she's a writer who I, I could see... In the midst of, you know, we've already talked about Italy and um, 
the Belgians and the Dutch and the US are all going to go nuts for it. Australia will definitely play a whole bunch of cards trying to stay in the mix. Um, Ash is someone I could see actually sort of getting away with a bit, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. Curious, curious. Also, oh, 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 just had, just had, how good would it be for one of the Canadians to win Worlds in America, though? <laughs> That would be hilarious. I mean, the Dutch, I've got, everyone, it's so interesting, isn't it? It's like, it's just, it's, it's, I really want to see, I'm going to have to go and watch the, um, there's videos. Um, if you go onto the uh, richmond2015.com site, when you look on each of the courses, they've got under the course, they've got like a preview video with a, yeah. with a road race. I'm going to have to go and rewatch that. They've got some fantastic media for Richmond. Richmond 2015 are so good. Cool. So yeah, um, it's, it's fantastic. They're, they're great. Setting the standard for how world championships should be conducted. So yes, yeah, look, um, so that... we've we've been rabbiting on for a while now. We should we should probably wrap things up. Um, obviously, it's it's all worlds all the time next week. Uh, we're going to get back together after the time trial year and talk about what's yeah, happened so, so far. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for thanks for sticking it out with us this long, friends, listeners, enemies, frenemies, and all those in between. And um, as I said earlier, if you'd like to to Tell Sarah that she's wrong. Uh, please feel free to contact her on Twitter at underscore pigeons underscore. And if you'd like to uh, massage Dan's ego or anywhere else, you can contact me. <laughs> <on official. laughs> I don't. I don't charge much to be massaged. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god.